Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'm on a journey of discovering what loving oneself actually looks like. I want to invite you into my process, hear some of my crazy stories, as well as hear some amazing people with wisdom and insight give their take on what it looks like to love yourself well, and in turn be able to love people well too. Come on, let's go. All right, I um, can't believe I'm doing this again. I just want to say long time no here, I suppose. Uh, I've decided to pick this back up and kind of start the year again with uh, new ideas and um, encouragement and wanting to pursue something that I feel like I am supposed to be doing, even though uh, I am fighting those insecurities and lies that I... Nobody wants to hear me, and nobody wants to listen to what I have to say, um, and decided to do it anyway. So I have recently, just to give you an update about me, uh, have had a fun experience where I told a little story about something that happened to me on TikTok, believe it or not, and it totally went viral and opened up a, a little bit of a door for an audience and for people to want to hear what I have to say and I've just decided that I have been listening to the wrong voice for the past year. So I've decided to go on and start again with a game planned and friends encouraging me and supporting me. And I've decided to start with this little welcome back episode for myself and also for you all. Um, and to explain what I'm kind of looking at doing, I know the very first episode was me explaining about how I... Uh, kind of went through a lot to lose who I was and then start to really love myself again in the journey that I'm on, which is a, still a journey happening today. Um, I've decided as well to add into that, uh, this episode is going to be about me explaining my story as an adult, kind of walking through um, major markers in my life that have kind of gotten me to where I am and explain it through the eyes of relationship, through the eyes of a Christian woman who's trying to date and who's trying to, uh, I guess, reach the ultimate goal of marriage. And even that in and of itself can be something that can be broken down and kind of processed and talked about because that seems sometimes to be the only thing that we allow ourselves to dream about and um, can cause a lot of disappointment, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And it's typically self-imposed, and I think that's kind of what I'm getting to the root at, um, or the root of today, and uh, even in my own life. So if you, I would love to invite you to come back, join me, and listen. Uh, the next couple episodes, I've decided to do a series talking with friends about just some crazy experiences that I have had in the dating world. Um, there was a time where I was not a believer, I was not in church. I have dated both outside of the church and in the church. And uh, that's that's the stories I want to bring to the table. Some are very good. Some have uh, encouraged and brought life to me in a way of like, I learned valuable lessons. Uh, they had spoken life into me and I experienced, you know, how valuable I am through it. And some we're not so good. So I'm going to, if you want to join in with me and go ahead and click that subscribe and follow button, would love to be able to explain who I am and what led me to where I am today. Um, we'll start with the uh, TikTok story. It was literally all about a date. 
which is hilarious. A guy, I don't know if you guys know anything about TikTok, but I'll explain. People post videos nonstop. It's just scrolling through video after video after video. Typically, the videos can be 15 seconds long or up to a minute long. And so this guy made a video and he, he posed a question to everyone. And the question was something along the lines of, if you, at what point on a first date do you realize, oh, there will be no second date? And I laughed at myself. I was at work in my car on my lunch break and I saw, came across this video and I just chuckled because I have so many terrible first date stories. Um, and this is what I'm going to kind of like decide to open up and share all of it with you all. And hopefully some of it will make you laugh. Hopefully some of it you guys can relate to. You know, at the end of the day, some are pretty scary. And I just want to tell you, it all ends well because I'm here talking to you today. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I just want to and I want to open the door to this and be able to talk about what it's like um, dating and what it's like being an old fashioned person in a very modern world. And so um, back to this TikTok, he posed this question and I just chuckled. Um, I have been going through seasons of singleness for a long time. I've been single for at least a good seven years, if not more. I kind of lost track to, lost track after a certain point. But um, every, about every six months or so, I kind of have this moment of like, you know, I'm going to get it back out there. I'm going to throw myself out there and I'm going to try again. And, you know, you try, unfortunately, the only way it seems nowadays is like through modern dating, which is dating apps. And so I'd pick a dating app, I'd download it and maybe last about four days, maybe like a good, good, probably week at the most. And uh, you meet very interesting people. You can sometimes really quickly tell their motivation, sometimes not so much. Um, the one thing about dating apps and about relationship online through text, not face-to-face, -face, is one, you get to be whoever you want to be. They get to be whoever they want to be. And two, you are actually creating someone in your head before you even have met them. So when they are sending messages, if you're a lighthearted person like me, I'm very sarcastic I like to joke around all the time. I would say a good 50% of what I say is jest. I am kidding around. I'm joking around. I try not to be cruel with any type of humor, but I can joke around and I can totally take it too far. So when I read text messages, especially if it's a good conversation, I'm reading through that lens and through that filter of kidding around. So sometimes we are disappointed when meeting the actual person because they are not who we created in our heads, uh, which just is a whole different type of a ball game at this point. You're creating characters all the time, meeting them, disappointed, ending it, creating again, meeting, ending it, meeting someone else, creating who they are, realizing it's not them, ending it, and so on and so forth. And unfortunately, it's been created in a society where it's become fast food type dating where we can drive through really quickly. I can in 15 seconds download a dating app, download my photos, put a funny little quote, and I can guarantee in about 10 minutes I'm going to at least get 
one message from somebody asking me how I'm doing and what's up. So I have, over the course of my 30s, acquired quite a few stories regarding these terrible first dates of me creating characters, meeting someone, realizing they are not who I created in my head, deciding to toss it, or deciding I'm going to stick around and maybe try one more time, or maybe see, or convince myself, well, he's really nice. Well, he, you know, he he took a shower. Well, I think he, he has a car, so that's cool. <laughs> and the more you do it, the less requirement you have of someone to the point that you just decide, well, he's kind and he's not crazy. And, you know, never probably before had our parents ever decided that when they were dating around that those were the two just two requirements they needed to like be with somebody which is you're not crazy and you know you are kind me kindness is really important kindness and funny more so I don't care if they're funny I need them to think I am funny (laughs) so um so with that in mind I responded to this crazy little tiktok about a date I went on which was awful like it was just the worst And it was typically about, well, it was about, I just explained in this little, I had basically 45 seconds to explain about a guy that I went on a date with, met on a dating site, had never talked to him on the phone before. You know, I'm 38. I'm just kind of getting tired of that. Either you want to meet me or you don't. Let's quick, let's meet for dinner. Let's meet for a coffee. I'll know right away if this isn't what I want. We decided to meet up for a drink and it was not what I wanted at all. Um, he revealed to me that he hears voices, he has demons, and that the demons know who I am, and that the demons have told him about me, which totally threw him on his heels, and we had this whole entire crazy encounter that just ensued to, I think it's up to 250,000 views, (laughs) and I think it has like 32,000 likes and like 500 comments of people just talking about their own experiences, women explaining their own like terrifying stories and so on. Uh, To be honest, I even had a lot of people question my motives. Like, why didn't you help this guy? Or why didn't you call the police? Or why didn't you get up and leave? Or why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And uh, it had me just really thinking about, oh, why, first of all, why didn't I? I don't know. So I had to kind of like internally look at my past, look at my dating history, look at the past of who I am, how I was raised. And I think all of that comes into play. And that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to explain. That's why I, I believe our stories make up who we are. Our stories and our experiences make up why we do what we do and who we are. Um, So just a little bit uh, of background for me, which is what I wanted to get into, is I'm a pastor's kid. I was raised in church. I was raised being very active in church. My parents are solid people. They, I do not have a story of uh, abuse or I've heard so many stories of pastor's kids just have a real struggle with like authoritative parents and dictatorships and strict rules that they can't keep up with and all of that. My parents are amazing. Let me preface that again. Bill and Rosette are my best friends, which is hilarious as an adult to admit, but it is true. I absolutely adore my parents and they love me and love me well. Um, But with that in mind, what happens sometimes, even in good homes, is your parents can't always protect you from other people. 
And so I've been raised in church, raised to serve, raised to love people, like love the Lord, love people well, and um, kind of go out of my way. My dad is one of the kindest. He's Well, he is the kindest man I know. I've never met anyone kinder than my father. And I have had an example in my home of what kindness look like, looks like. My dad, even to my mom, how he treats my mom is absolutely um, inspiring. I have grown up my whole life with my dad praying for people. That's how I used to wake up in the morning. My dad would, I would wake up not to an alarm clock. I would wake up to my dad praying up and down the halls for people by name, by situation, and really seeking the Lord for them. That I is one of the biggest gifts I've ever received in my whole entire life. That is the kindness of God over me. Um, I've also witnessed my dad uh, probably every Saturday, if not every other Saturday, uh, make my mom breakfast in bed. That is something that he does for her as a physical sign of love and affection for her. She is a acts of service person, probably number one acts of service, and he serves her and serves her well. And in turn has shown his daughters, there's me and my sister and I have a younger brother, shown his daughters um, what loving someone, what choosing to love someone looks like. So, I have an upbringing of a really good home and a really good family and a really good loving dad as an example. I don't have someone who is searching for love in all the wrong places because their dad didn't love them. That was just not my story. Um, but what I did have was just a series of relationships that didn't work out. And that can cause a whole different set of issues. So here I have this perfect example of what marriage should be. Uh, in my immediate circle. Uh, my sister got married very young to her husband, Jeff. Jeff has been a brother to me. I think I've known him since I was 14. I've known him longer than I've not known him. So I think I we they started dating when I was 14, and Jeff was absolutely enamored with my sister. He was in love with her from the moment he saw her. That's actually a part of their story, is Jeff met our family at a restaurant to be able to take us. We didn't know where we were. He met us. He knew my uncle and met us to be able to drive us to my uncle's house. And he saw Hannah and that was it. He went and told his mom, I've just, I've just seen the girl I'm going to marry. So here I have two very good examples of love, of relationship, of what it actually means for a husband to love their wives. And in turn, my sister and my mom, what it looks like for a woman to love their husband and that's what I've aspired for. And that's what I've kind of hoped for. And um, just, you know, I have had a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> so I would love to be able to walk you through um, those. When I was, you know, I would think probably the biggest one is, you know, I had a boyfriend when I was in high school. He wasn't the greatest, but who was at 16 years old? We didn't know what we were doing. I didn't even know who I was. I was very shy in high school. I was very, uh, we moved around a few times. My dad uh, for took different churches through the denomination he was a pastor for. And it kind of led us to a couple schools throughout. We, when I was a teenager, I think I was 13, we moved from Canada to Lemon, South Dakota, which is wild. It, we went from like the 
Atlantic maritime provinces to the prairies of the the Dakotas, which was nuts. But we we accepted it with open arms. We went in, you know, with our feet on the ground running like we loved. I'm in South Dakota to this day is one of the most favorite places that I've ever lived. I still, I know I've talked about it before. I still have a really good friend, Kayla. Um, her and her husband, Drew, are amazing. We are still friends to this day. We still chat. We still message one another. We still celebrate one another. Um, and we went from then South Dakota to Indiana. Indiana has a whole different story. It was not easy in Indiana. And then Indiana to Chicago land area. My dad was a pastor there. We moved when I was 18. And that's where I met a guy in our church. And he and I dated for, I think, a total of six years. And it did not work out, um, obviously. He and I dated. We got close to marriage. We talked about marriage. He, I think, early on after a year or two of dating, he asked me to marry him one time. And I panicked because all I could think of is like, I have to ask my mom because <laughs> I wasn't ready. I was just a totally like innocent, naive young woman who had no idea what was going on. And uh, over the years of dating him, you know, we both did probably the wrong thing. We both made mistakes concerning one another. We both couldn't communicate well. And um, I felt invited by the Lord to end relationship with him. And I did. And it uh, was at first very encouraging. It was very like liberating, like, okay, I know that this is the right thing. I know that I'm doing the right thing, you know, and then you have people who are really well-meaning come to you and say, you know, you, you can do this, like, good for you. Like you got this girl, you're a catch, you know, uh, guys are going to come. Don't you worry. Like God's got somebody for you. You're going to, you know, all of this encouraging word. And, and, you know, after a year and then two years and then three years and then four years and then five years of nothing of no dating, believing the Lord for, I did the right thing. I ended this relationship. I knew we weren't going to get married. I knew. So kind of called it all. And the encouraging voices of well-meaning people went from, you know, you're going to do great and God's got this for you to like, oh, are you sure? Like, are you putting yourself out there? Like there's, you haven't dated anybody? Like how, how are you meeting people? Are you, are you coming across, you know, and it totally changed. Their verbiage changed. I felt pity. I felt their pity on me and I, I despised it. It was like garbage in my mouth. I couldn't stand it. And this kind of disdain for what I had done, thinking that I was trusting the Lord and listening to what he said, started to stir in me. And I became extremely discouraged. Um, I was now at the point where we had broken up. I think I was 25. We dated from the time I was 18 to 25, 19 to 25. And I was probably 28, 28 years old. So we, I was two years into not dating anyone and just kind of waiting, just kind of like sitting and waiting and thinking that the Lord was going to move super quick. And isn't that funny? Don't we do that in so many things where we hear something, we're like, okay, we're going to do it. We do what we think the Lord says, or we do what like signs point to, and then we don't get the immediate fruit of that right away. And so we start to question, did I hear right? Is this right? 
Should I have not have done this? And I opened this door in my life of total doubt. And for the next, I think, year or so through all my tw- turning 27 into 28, I started to have panic attacks. I started to, which was wild. I never had anything like that in my life. I was consistently being bombarded with the idea that I made a mistake, that I uh, wasted my only chance that I had. I I bought the lie that this was my one and only chance and that I blew it, that this was the only guy that was even going to be able to put up with me and I, I blew it. This was a, a lie. And it would throw me into these, like, I would start to, like, lose my breath. My heart would beat really fast. I would just have panic attacks. And that that was a few months long of just panic attacks. Um, and one evening, I had a dream. And I am a person that believes that dreams, I believe dreams mean something. I believe that dreams um, are are with purpose. Not all of them, but but some of them, dreams can can have purpose and meaning. And I believe, you know, God is speaking to us in all different forms. And I had a dream that I was in Chicago again at the church that I was attending and everyone was surprised to see me like I had moved away. And at that time, I loved living in Chicago. I had no desire to go anywhere. I had no desire to move. I loved big city living. I loved having everything at my fingertips. I loved going to any sports game I wanted. I was a big Cubs fan. I loved doing all of those things. And um, I had no desire. To me, the epitome of living somewhere is living in Chicago. It was so much fun. Everything that you wanted to do was right there. And they were surprised to see me and I was getting greeted like, I can't believe you're here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see you. And they were hugging me and everyone was celebrating that I was there. And I ran into the guy that I almost married. I ran into him. And to my surprise, he was surprised to see me and also delighted. And I was surprised to see him and also delighted. And we had this exchange of like, it's so good to see you. How are you doing? How are you? What's going on with your life? Tell me what's going on, you know? And we had this whole encounter of like, there was nothing bad between us. There was no hurt between us. There was no um, bitterness or anything like that. And I said to him in my dream, I said, ah, I would love to, can I introduce you to someone? And he said, I would love to. And I turned around and there was this little black-headed curly boy, curly-haired boy. And I said, this is my son. And I woke up. And when I woke up, I knew with everything in me that this was a promise to me. That I had not made a mistake. That I had not done the wrong thing. That I had not wasted my chance or blew it but that I, there will be a time of redemption that when I will go back with joy to meet these people, to see these people, and we'll run into him and we'll introduce him to a son that I'm going to have. I believe that to this day fully. I've, hold on, I've held onto that dream so many times that the Lord has encouraged me so many times. The one thing about encouragement, though, is that if we don't kind of keep ourselves rooted in encouragement and rooted in, in reminding ourselves of what God has promised us, it can lead us to total discouragement, total disappointment, especially if we put a time limit on God, which is what I did. 
Um, you know, in the Bible, it talks about memory stones, that the Israelites would consistently set out memory stones. And it was so when they passed by again, or anyone in Israel, when they passed by these memory stones again, it was a reminder of something that was miraculous that God did for them, whether to save them, whether to feed them, whether to bring them into victory, whatever it may be, it was a memory stone of his goodness. And what I've realized over the years is that I would fumble and drop my memory stones. I had a bad a bad habit of losing my memory stones. And this is the beginning of this series of, of me dropping my memory stones and instead allowing what we call hope deferred to enter into my life, which is just such disappointment that I have dropped the hope that, that it was promised to me. Uh, I've dropped those things that I know that I'm destined to have and I let them go. And through discouragement and through voices that are, are from a liar, I uh, started to believe things that led me in the total opposite direction of who I was and even what I believed to the point that there were moments that I didn't even recognize myself anymore. I was being someone I didn't even know. And I just want to encourage you to join me and follow along in this series of stories of encounters <laughs> of many kinds, strange ones, cool ones, hilarious ones. I mean, I once, yeah, anyway, I'm going to save them and we're going to talk about it and I'm going to break down the lessons that I've learned in every single one. What I can promise that I would love to happen again, what I promise that will hopefully never happen again even what I would do differently. Um, I hope you tune in and I cannot wait to share my stories with you. Until next time, you guys have a great week. Bye.